0: The Fox News decision desk can now project that former Vice President Joe Biden. The
1: of the United States of America, Joe Biden. Tonight,
0: we're seeing all over this nation, all cities, and all parts of the country, indeed across the world, an outpouring of joy. I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but unify. It's time to put away the harsh rhetoric, lower the temperature. See each other again, listen to each other again, and to make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as our enemies. They are not our enemies. They are Americans. They are Americans. Ding dong.
1: I'm Arlene Biner,
0: and I'm John Laboulier, and this is Revolution.
1: Is it dead? Is the witch dead? John, here we are after all these years doing this podcast, and this is an unbelievable moment. It was a very emotional moment watching people erupt in the streets. Joe Biden is the president-elect. Kamala Harris is the vice president-elect. <laughs> the president of the United States, Donald Trump, will not acknowledge this. Wow, what a moment we are in here. I Almost speechless here.
0: And it's five years in the making, really five and a half since the Mm -hmm. escalator ride at Trump Tower, June 2015. Yes, five and a half years where Donald Trump for five and a half years has dominated every conversation anybody has everywhere in the world until Joe Biden won this election. Uh, When it was called on Saturday morning by most networks, you could feel the air come out of Trump. And you could feel the move towards Joe Biden, the power, the affection, all of it moving towards him. It's a turning point in world history.
1: It really is. And, you know, I, I, I want to relish at the beginning here, the moment, I mean, the, the city by city and people out in the streets and peacefully cheering and then a president and his motorcade drive through after he spent the day golfing. And that picture of him looking out the window. You know, the mind and the hearts of politicians always intrigues me. I always talk about it all the time. What was he thinking? How was he feeling? And he he's not gonna concede. And then we're getting this reporting that Jared Kushner has been tiptoeing in saying, you know, you might wanna concede. All of this is some kind of a clue into where we're going. You know, right after that election, when things were still on the edge, there was no landslide the first night. But boy, it's a pretty big win now that we add up all these these votes. Everyone's wondering, is Trumpism dead? And I just don't think we know yet.
0: Well, and the question is, what is Trumpism? You know, mm-hmm. Trumpism, we we know that the Republican Party has become the party of Trump and they had a convention and a platform and the platform said The platform for the second term is whatever Donald Trump wants it to be. Never has a party had a platform like that. No positions on any issues, just whatever Trump wants. Or as I've told people, where did the Republican Party become a wholly owned subsidiary of the Trump Corporation? But that's what it is as of now. Now, he's lost the election. We're going to see over time Trumpism without Trump. Does it survive? What is it? I, I think there's it's still there's conservatism. There's a little populism on the right that is still there that can be legitimate. I don't think the harnessing of it the way Donald Trump did for his own self-aggrandizement, his own profiting off the office. I think that's going to go now. I think that's going to go away.
1: And the and the thing about Trumpism, and I, I'm sure that those in the Republican Party and conservatives around the world have to think about what it is. Most of that angst and fire and passion was about Donald Trump defending himself from critics. If you take all that away, what is there? I mean, there was a tax cut. Lots of conservatives cheer it on. Good for you. And immigration, there's another way to talk about immigration. There's a way to talk about immigration without being labeled racist. There's a way to discuss who, how many people come into a country in a proper way. And those are the two big policies there. And trade. You know, do we rethink trade with certain countries, you know, all very viable discussions. But you can have them without the anger, nastiness, ugliness of Donald Trump just defending himself. And I'm I'm wondering if after a while people may realize what they believe in is just the defense of one man against his critics.
0: Correct. And that's where this thing's got all twisted around. And the big turning point of the many turning points of it was the total abandonment of any objectivity by Fox News and the AM talk radio industry in America that somewhere in the summer of 2016 went all in for Donald Trump and ended up echoing everything he says. No skepticism, no doubting, no criticism. They can't get away with criticizing him or they get blasted for it
1: because he took it over like a bully though it's the same as what he did to the to the republicans so i mean are the media going to do the same thing and this is the question will someone else do that can he control it from the outside john you know politics and the psychology of it you know here in canada if if a leader loses, Andrew Shear was leader of the conservative party. He lost. It took like 48 hours, I think, for the conservatives to go, yeah, yeah, that wasn't really right. Let's find somebody else. And, and the knives are out. It's just human nature, isn't it? Will it happen this time?
0: Well, it might. It probably won't happen till after he's actually out of office. I think people will be more uh, free to speak about what they really think about him once he's not the president anymore, you know, January twentieth. I'm particularly just I'm obsessed with thinking back in the fall of twenty sixteen. He's the Republican candidate running against Hillary. I'm on Fox News every Sunday night with Doug Schoen and Pat Cadell and I criticize something Trump had said in the campaign and I forget what it was. And on Monday, that was Sunday night, on Monday, I'm walking on Third Avenue when I see the former Manhattan borough president, Andrew Stein. And he walks over to me and he's a friend of Trump. And he comes over to me, says, Donald's very mad at you for the way you criticized him last night on TV. I thought to myself, this guy has nothing better to do than watch TV and be mad at John LeBoutlier for criticizing him. That's Trump. And that's what he did. Every senator, every congressman, you say a negative word about Trump, he came after you and intimidated people into saying, I better not say a word. And every question an incumbent congressman or senator got for the last four years is, Senator, what did you think about President Trump's tweet at eight o'clock this morning? I mean, you get elected to be a senator from Nebraska or something. You have a big job ahead of you. And what do you spend your day doing talking about this guy's tweets. I remember you said to me, too,
1: when Donald Trump became the president, oh, you just wait, Arlene. You wait; these senators. They're not going to be bossed around Correct. by Donald I said Trump. it. I said it. <laughs> you did, and it was heartwarming when you look back <laughs> at it. You said, I know them. I mean, they take their job seriously. They're not going to let. The Senate is a whole different animal. It's there. It's part of our system. And drip, 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 drip drip, 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 John. So all eyes on how this is going to change. My gut reaction. And I mean, is that human beings, there's freedom all around the edges and things. And there's got to be freedom. There's ambitious people, ambitious Republicans. They don't want to continue to show fealty to Donald Trump. That's no, no, they want, they want the job and they're going to start moving in that direction. And maybe they'll they'll try to get his his blessing and then the knives will come out, the political knives. Yeah,
0: I agree. There, there's a whole bunch of candidates. We already know who they are. There's Mike Pence, right? Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, Larry Hogan. I don't know, six, eight, ten Republicans whose names have been linked to running in 2024. But sitting there... Blocking all that at the moment is the specter of Donald Trump, and the notion, oh, maybe he'll run again in twenty twenty four, and then he's got eighty million Twitter followers, and the whole GOP is behind him. That that cannot last for those candidates. They they have to be able to be free of interference from the Trump family. So I think they'll. Uh, what's going to happen is I think that Donald Trump will be prosecuted in New York state by Cyrus Vance, the district attorney. We already know he has a grand jury, right? Mm -hmm. And he's looking at criminal charges uh, allegedly involving possible tax fraud, mortgage fraud. And that's why he successfully has sued to get Donald Trump's taxes, which he will get imminently now that the election is over. And then I think... Sometime in the not too distant future, he will charge Donald Trump with criminal charges and they're not subject to a pardon by Trump. If he tries to self-pardon, that won't affect it.
1: And that may be coming, this self-pardon, we always thought. I mean, he's, I'm already reading here as we're talking, and there's more reporting coming out that the, the president may concede if certain conditions are met.
0: Huh, there we go. <laughs> Negotiating.
1: <laughs> Negotiating, transactional. Yeah. Why concede for free when you can get something out of it? So he's trying to negotiate a clearly some kind of a legal future hang on to our hat this is unreal you have always have to wonder too john what were people thinking it's terrible when your candidate loses you feel really badly but joe biden reaching out so so profoundly and i don't know how somebody couldn't have their heart warm from that we see netanyahu Took the bait, <laughs> congratulating him and saying, you know, we've known each other for a long time. You're a friend of Israel. Other countries will do that. I can't imagine other countries are not okay. You know, maybe we've got some discussions to have with, with Biden. He's not on our side for some things, but at least he is a proper human being.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think other than a few capitals um, like mm-hmm. Moscow and Riyadh, uh, and they're realistic in all these places, too. Oh, we yeah. saw uh, Putin two weeks ago read the tea leaves uh-huh. and started saying, hey, I see nothing wrong with what Hunter Biden did. Yeah. And Joe he Biden. said there's no did, evidence. Hey, in yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 and, he did. Right. So uh, they're all going to want to put Donald Trump in the rearview mirror. Ultimately, what we're going to look back on this thing, I think, and we're going to say America made a mistake in 2016. They stayed home. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Milwaukee, they stayed home. This past Tuesday, they all voted. That was the real difference. That is. I know,
1: but the fact is, John, that people who supported Trump came out in increased numbers, too.
0: Well, uh, that's fine.
1: It's fine. I know, but you, you know, I. I, I agree with you because Joe Biden is now the president-elect, but we got a hunk of people who also were out there. That's a fact. Well, we, we can't deny that. But well, we
0: always knew that but the But more Trumpers, of them, not less. They're, okay, more. but, but there are more. more in the rural areas. They had fewer in the suburbs and way f- and none in the cities. The reason Hillary lost was the ones in the cities didn't vote. Had they come out and voted in the normal levels, she would have greased out those three states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Remember, listeners, 77,000 votes is what elected Trump uh, four years ago. This time, way bigger margins in in most of these states. And a huge popular vote thing, too, for for Biden.
1: And I was looking at some of the tweets, you know, from 2016, the reaction, Kellyanne Conway, landslide. The numbers are very similar, or even as you say, bigger margins. So, you know, on election night, there was a narrative for the Trump supporters to say, wow, this is uh, not the landslide, but it's pretty decisive now. I just want to switch to the troublesome aspect though, if this keeps going. And David French and I, I've interviewed him twice. I interviewed him right after the election and he felt a bit validated because it was so close. And he wonders if all the things that we're talking about are so ingrained, it's going to take a long time, if ever. And you were mentioning suburbs and cities and That if America can't be governed, we talked about, I think, a bit on our last podcast and state by state and city by city and people will start uh, reflecting their own politics in a way to to reflect the fact America maybe can't come together again. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I I, listen, I think we're a divided country for decades Uh Bush-Gore, my God, 50-50 countries separated by 527 votes in Florida. I mean, we've been this way for quite a while, and it didn't change this this time. Uh, We're divided. Doesn't mean it can't be governed. The red states have red state governors who they elect. They can run their states. On the federal level, it appears that our federal government will be a divided government which is usually when the best things happen.
1: Yeah, it's true. I just wanted exactly on that topic, you know, part of the narrative, certainly from the pro-Trump conservatives is, oh, Joe Biden, you know, socialists handing things over to Kamala Harris. And you look at the socialists in the Democratic Party, but sometimes here in Canada, sometimes minority governments get things done because you've got to compromise if the Democrats don't have the Senate. It may give Joe Biden a reason for not moving to the progressive left because they're on his heels saying, "Come on, look who got you elected here." So he's got a delicate dance, doesn't
0: he? He does, but I think, and we don't know for sure, but it looks like the Senate will be Republican, and it it helps him. First of all, Joe Biden's not a flaming liberal; he's obviously not a socialist. Mm-hmm. No, he picked Kamala Harris, and he wants. The government he has. He'll he'll appoint people he wants. And he has this built-in thing now where he can say to the left, look, I can't, we can't, we can't do what you want. Even if I want to do what you want, Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, you both know, because we were all in the Senate together, we can't get it through this Senate. Now, you go out and elect a Democratic Senate in two years. Well, then we'll revisit these things. But for right now, Joe Biden is forced to govern from the center which is where you win from the center. He won the center politically. That's why he won the election. And I I, I think it's a break for him, actually, to have it this way. And if if McConnell pulls his obstructionist stuff all the time, it's up to Joe Biden to teach America this is what is happening. He's got the bully pulpit now. He needs to use it when he's president if he can't get compromise on, on various things. And what are they? I mean, what are we doing here? We know. Number one is the virus. Mm-hmm. And that's really not partisan. I, the virus has got to be flattened. But it's
1: become partisan. It, well, under John, Trump
0: yeah. it did, but it won't it be. It hasn't. Not under these Biden. These people
1: not under think Biden. wearing a mask and listening to scientists, you're a socialist lefty weirdo. And that's another thing. I just want to ask you what, what you think about your party. What is your party need to do here? And let's face it, there's what people are saying publicly. Privately, they're trudging home. Inside, we know what it's like. We've all been through it. You lost, you have to rethink. And little opening, if you're an honest person, says, maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe I was wrong about that. I do. And sometimes I say no, and sometimes I say yes. What do you think is happening individually in the minds of that party?
0: Well, I, I uh, of the voters or the office holders.
1: The office holders. Okay,
0: the office holders are ecstatic to get rid of Trump. All of them. <laughs> Every Republican, I don't care if it's Matt Gates who says Donald <laughs> Trump's the greatest champagne. guy on earth, they're going to be so happy to be rid of this thing.
1: <laughs> They've been secretly drinking champagne. Oh, god, yeah. Yeah. oh
0: god! Susan Collins, who never had to yeah. sweat as much as she did to get herself reelected. All because of Trump. She was put in a vice over all these uh-huh. decisions, Supreme Court, the funding of the wall, all this immigration. Troubled and concerned. Well, was. I know. But in all fairness, she's a <laughs> smart lady reading how A, how do I get myself renominated? Or B, uh-huh. how do I get reelected? Uh-huh. And they have to thread the needle that didn't have to be this way. By the way, I want to go back to it one thing. And you are right to remind all of us how wrong I have been <laughs> since the escalator ride. OK, I never I, I do it. Nicely. Trump seriously. <laughs> no, but, you and I were on the air on serious, And I said,
1: Donald Trump has declared today. And you you loudly and all capitals said doesn't stand a chance. Yeah.
0: No, I never took. I just thought the guy's a yeah. clown. But on the thing mm-hmm. about the Republican senators will stand up to Trump. And I thought they would. And it, one of the things over the years that I had known, which was when Nixon was president. Now, Nixon had been a senator, so he, he got the Senate. He's the president. He instructed the his White House staff, when any senator comes over here to the White House, you are not allowed to talk to him other than, good morning, Senator, can I get you a cup of coffee? You are not to engage him in any discussion only Richard Nixon is going to talk to the senators. And that was a hard rule in the Nixon White Mm -hmm. House because to have a staffer talk to a senator is demeaning to the senator. That's 1971. Wow. Okay. Now we've got the point where the senators take orders from White House staff. That is the diminution of the prestige of the U.S. Senate. And that I that's I never knew this was happening, that these guys would take orders from a Stephen Miller under uh, George W. Bush. They took orders from Karl Rove. Mm -hmm. Karl Rove picked Bill Frist to be the Senate majority leader. Never in the history of the world would the White House dare intervene in Senate business. Yeah. So this has been a drip, it's drip, a drip, drip, drip. And the Republicans, I don't know about the Democrats. I'm, I'm not familiar with how they do it. But the senators, all of them should be getting together in this period and say, you know something, we, we, we got elected and with our numbers, we have power. They could have stood up to Trump in unison Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they didn't. Right at the beginning. We were waiting for them
1: to say, hey, this is the way the mop flops.
0: Arlene, when impeachment was going on, I used to say to you off the air, if 20 Republican senators got together and said, Okay, we're staying together no matter what. We've got the power to remove Trump. We have the votes. It's us. If we we have the power to march over there right now to the Oval Office and tell them you're going to do this, this and this, exactly what we tell you. If you do it, you stay. If you don't, we'll vote you out. They could have done it. They didn't do it. They were obsequious and pathetic. The result is a couple of them are out, McSally and Gardner, and they may lose control or may not. And Trump is out. So,
1: you you know, I just want to end it with the picture of and I can't get it out of my mind. There you have the networks, one after another, declaring the presidency for Joe Biden. The world erupts, uh, you know, schedules are canceled. It's just a historic moment. People just start to gather in the street, drop what they're doing. But Rudy Giuliani is speaking on behalf of the president at a landscaping site with a porn shop next door. I mean, come on. How did that happen? And but in some way, the freaky indie movie feel of it kind of fit. Well, didn't let,
0: it? let's just so in case there's some listeners mm-hmm. who don't quite know, it was yesterday. Oh, it was the day that Biden is before. declared president before that had happened. Early that morning, President Trump tweets out a huge press conference today at 11:30 a.m. in Philadelphia. At the Four Seasons Lawn Care Warehouse, he deletes it. Well, but it was there, and I, yeah, I, but
1: he deleted it, and that's part of the story yeah. because clearly something went wrong. And the next thing you know, they're at the Four Seasons Landscaping.
0: Right. Well, then he put that in. He tweeted that the new one. Yeah. Right. And there. <laughs> so why, why would the president's legal team be challenging the vote count in the Keystone <laughs> State, inside Philadelphia? at a <laughs> lawn care warehouse on a Saturday morning. It's the most, well, it fits. It's bizarre like everything else.
1: They did, apparently on the website, they had a sale on vibrators.
0: At the porn and shop. Not at, at the, the porn care.
1: shop. At the porn shop. And it was visible where they were standing. I mean, there's a picture of it and you can see people standing around Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> and, and then some of the reporters were tweeting, going, okay, I, like this is too incredible. On uh, Joe Biden, they've just called the election for him. I'm at a landscaping place listening to Rudy Giuliani next to a porn shop because the signs were so visible. And we're going to have to leave Rudy Giuliani because we have to run and start talking this huge historical breaking. So, hey, I mean, it is fitting, isn't it? There have been moments and we're just going to we're going to have to see what happens in the future. I do think anyone who disagrees with what at least Joe Biden said, he was so very gracious. And even if a few people say, you know what, I'm going to listen to him.
0: Well, I mean, I, our,
1: I, the world is a better place. Yeah.
0: And I think of all the people who voted for Trump, who've been obviously sort of somewhat mm-hmm. brainwashed into thinking Joe Biden is a crook and a bad person, nobody who a Republican or Democrat who knows Joe Biden has ever said ever. the guy is a, not even a tinch of corruption. He's a very good human being who's had a very up and down personal life that we all know about that's made him a better person later in life and a wiser man with a wonderful new, my God, vice presidential elect Kamala Harris that opens up all sorts of possibilities that's optimistic for the country. This is a good thing, you know, and the people have picked him. It looked closer than it ended up being, by the way, as you said, on election night because of the mail-in ballots take days to count. And there's so many of them because of the pandemic. This is really not a close election. It will end up being 306 electoral votes and Joe Biden may end up winning the popular vote by a whopping 5 million votes, which is huge against an incumbent president.
1: It is. And we have to talk about that. You know, I'm I'm talking to people who are uh, Trump fans and they're saying, look at this amount of people. It didn't happen. You know, liberals are virtue signaling already around the world. Come on. I mean, he had it all. He won everything. He had it all, didn't he, John, in 2016? He He lost the house in the midterms. And now he's an incumbent president who has lost re-election. And that has, I mean, that, I think there's been nine in the entire history of the United States. It's not, it's not all that easy to do, is it?
0: Uh, no, it's not. You know, for all the talk about, well, there's going to be so much winning, you'll be sick of it. Well, there wasn't enough winning for enough people. And he ends up being the big loser of the election. And as we started out this podcast, uh, few minutes ago i think you can feel the air coming out of the whole trump thing and there's going to be a day coming up february march april of 2021 where you'll get through the whole day you the listeners some of us you'll never even think about donald trump anymore (laughs) and won't that be amazing (laughs) it will
1: it will all eyes though you know, we started, we named the podcast Ding Dong, so on the next one, we'll we'll take a look to see if the melting has actually happened. For now, I'm Arlene Bynum.
0: And I'm John LeBouillier, and this has been Revolution. The Bible tells us, to everything there is a season, a time to build, a time to reap, and a time to sow, and a time to heal. This is the time to heal in America.